Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray. And folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you are tired of the big bank experience, and you know what I'm talking about if you're at one of those big banks, uh, no personal service, you can't get a live person on the phone, um, well, I've got a suggestion for you. Renaissance Bank, it's been my experience with the clients that I work with that Renaissance is big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them as, as a small business, but they're small enough to do it in a personal way. If that's what you're looking for uh, for your business, then I suggest you go to renaissancebank.com and find one of their local offices and give them a call. And I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Dr. Everett Bannister. He is the hospital director, he's the veterinarian, and he's the owner of Family Tree Animal Clinic. Dr. Bannister, welcome. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, John. Thank you for having me here today. Absolutely. It's glad. It's a pleasure to have you. Let's talk about you and the work you're doing at Family Tree Animal Clinic. Yes, well, Family Tree Animal Clinic is based in Milton, and we've been in business for about four years now. So it's just been an awesome experience being in the Milton community. Uh, we're a small, small animal veterinary hospital, mm-hmm. so just treating cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. And we specialize on high-touch patient and client experiences and just gold standard care. And our motto is together on the journey of care, which we just want to partner with pet owners. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Um, so obviously in Milton, horses are a big deal. So let's get that out of the way. Small yes, animals yes, do not, does not mean horses, right? No, no, we don't have any ponies. Or, yeah, yes. right. Okay. Um, why Milton? Why did you open in Milton? Yes. Well, I used to work in Woodstock. Mm-hmm. I was a vet in Woodstock probably about 10 to 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And just passing through Milton and just seeing that it's a wonderful city and then being in the city based in the city currently, um, based on where I was working after Woodstock, had a lot of colleagues that were moving up to Milton, actually had a lot of actual pet owners moving up to Milton. And then the fact that Milton is just um, from a city uh, uh, and uh, a city standpoint is recognized as a great city, Mm -hmm. locally, state and nationally. So it's just a a great place uh, to live. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to start a business there and then gradually move myself to Milton. I love it. Um, Milton does advertise itself well, doesn't it? Very much so, yes. It showcases itself well. It it does. And when you drive through it, you you know why. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about you and your backstory and and your inspiration for veterinary medicine. Were you trying to fix dogs and cats when you were young? Young man, or <laughs> yes, I, I did have a lot of pets growing up, uh-huh. you know, and I guess it's really cliche. Yeah, I've been practicing probably for about 15 years now, mm-hmm. but I would say that it all started with an unfortunate experience as a kid and having a pet and going to a, a, vet, a vet hospital. 
and my pet experiencing discomfort and pain and not necessarily being able to have the answer or or know why that's Mm. occurring. And so at that point, I was probably around 10 years of age. And I think that that started me on the trajectory of Mm. wanting to become a a veterinarian. Mm -hmm. I was always good at math. And I just love the biology of just the world in general. And so with that and the love for animals, just combining it helped me know what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And talk about what what's involved in becoming a veterinarian these days. I mean, it's 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 a pretty rigorous uh, path you you choose. Yeah, yes, it is. Um, a lot of people don't realize that you go to school for about eight to 10 years just mm-hmm. to become a veterinarian. And so I started off in Florida at Stetson University, and I received my bachelor's degree there. And then that took about four years. And then from there, I went to uh, the West Indies for about two or three years. Mm-hmm. And then from the West Indies, I came to the University of Georgia, and that's where Um, I did my clinical service Mm -hmm. or rotation, I should say, and then graduated. But um, yeah, it could take about eight to 10 years. And I think the hardest part is you're studying multiple species. Mm. So it's not, you know, in the, in the human aspect of it, it's just, you're studying humans, but you know, you have to large animal, equine, small animal, pocket pets, all of those are different forms of study in vet school and, Mm. And when I was leaving, they actually started to track. And what that meant is you you focused on a specific area going through school. Mm -hmm. And so my track was small animal instead of like equine or large animal. So there's not a lot of mixed vets Mm -hmm. as as much as it used to be. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you um, and your passion for small animals came early on, as you mentioned. Yes, sir. Yes, it did. Gotcha. So you um, you worked in another practice before you started your own? Yes, actually two practices. So mm-hmm. I started off in Woodstock, and mm-hmm. then I was there for about five years or so. And then I moved to the um, Emory area, CDC mm-hmm. uh, location. And then I was a, there for about six or seven years, and I was actually a partner. It was a 16-doctor practice. So it was oh, wow. a pretty large practice. Mm-hmm. And then we sold... Um, to a larger practice, and I wasn't ready to retire. My my fire for veterinary medicine was still burning, mm-hmm. and so I had to, you know, reflect and and decide on what the next steps were, were going to be with my career. And so, looking into Milton and continuing that path of wanting to become an entrepreneur, and I had that opportunity. That's awesome. And what what's involved in? You you decide you want to open up a veterinary practice. Uh, that sounds that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I think any starting up any small business is a lot of work. Sure, but you know you are wearing a lot of a, a lot of hats. Right. The beauty of being in the in the profession for about ten years prior to, I in a sense was comfortable with practicing veterinary medicine, so mm-hmm. I was able to wear that hat. Um, without having to think so much about it. it, it it came more with the business side of it, and I've always loved the business side of veterinary medicine. I'm actually also a certified veterinary practice manager, which that's a, a three year certification process with schooling and testing and things of that nature. 
And that helped prepare me with the love of just wanting to be an entrepreneur on how to start the business. But you have different ways. You know, you can um, go into a shopping center. You can purchase from a veterinarian. It might be retiring. Mm -hmm. Or you can go the route of building from the ground up, which was the route that that I took. Yeah, that makes sense. So you had all these this experience, these years of experience with two different practices. You saw things that you liked, things that you didn't like, and you bring all that to your practice. Talk about some of those things on both sides. Yes. Well, as far as family tree is concerned, the things that I wanted to bring to family tree was to have high touch, a high touch patient and client experience. And also I wanted to make the process more efficient. Generally, when families go into vet hospitals, they're greeted in the lobby and they may have to take a seat and they have to wait for a technician to come and, and bring them into a room. And then from there, the technician or the assistant will ask questions. And then the doctor will come in and they might ask some questions and then they'll do their physical exam, have a conversation with the pet owner And then the technician will come back in, follow up with the pet owner. And then at the end of that, they'll go back out to the lobby and they'll wait to to process out. I find that making that process more efficient in a way where as soon as a client comes in the family tree, they're brought into an examination room. And then from there, me and a technician or a technician and I um, come into the exam room and I'm there for that whole process mm-hmm. where I'm getting the history. I'm doing my full nose to tail evaluation in the examination room. I'm going over all of my findings. I'm going over the next step in the treatment plan. And then also because the technician is in there with me, everybody's on the same page. And then once it's time to... Um, finish up in the examination room. We also check out or process out in the examination room. So once the pet owner is there, you have that quiet experience. You have that privacy. You're able to ask all of the questions that you would like to ask with the doctor and not having to go between the technician and the doctor. And then when it's time to check out, you don't have that bottleneck at the end of the the appointment where you have to be outside waiting for someone else to um, who may not understand or know what actually happened in the examination room right. to help you with the checkout process. Right. And you're stuck in there with the folks that are coming in and, and uh, yeah, it's Correct. a, it's a jam out there, it right? Is, yeah. Yes, or can be. Exa- yeah. Exactly. So we're trying to eliminate that and just make it much more personable and make sure that the pet owners are getting all of the questions that they want answered. Okay. Gotcha. What, uh, when you say small animal, I mean, we know dogs, cats, anything else on that list? Yes. No, unfortunately, okay. um, only cats and dogs. When you start to get into reptiles and pocket pets and ferrets and rabbits, um, I have colleagues that I can refer for that. But as far as my specialty, my expertise, I would say is cats and dogs. Gotcha. Okay, so my wife's pet snake's not coming. That's that's a joke because she she detests snakes, but uh, she'll kill me for saying that. Um, what, talk about what you see with pet owners and the biggest maybe the mistakes they make. They love their pets. 
right? Of course. But yes. um, the biggest mistakes that you see dog owners and cat owners making with their pets. Sure. Um, I, I think with having the internet nowadays, I think that can be a gift and it can be a curse. You know, in veterinary medicine, nothing, I always say nothing follows the book. And even though you might be seeing symptoms, we call them clinical clinical signs, mm-hmm. but even though you're seeing symptoms, it's hard to put all of the pieces of the puzzle t- together when you don't have an understanding of how the puzzle should look in its entirety. Mm. And I find like even with me, if there's something that comes up, I Google it. Mm-hmm. Um, and go and we call it Dr. Google. Yeah, right. Um, but you Google that. And I think it is important to stay informed, but it's also important to have an open conversation and, and a discussion with your veterinarian about the things that you've found and the things that you're concerned with. But also understand, you know, we've gone to school for 10 years just to focus on this specific topic. And um, so it's important to have that open line of communication. Don't come in with a predetermined idea of, hey, it should be this or it should be that. In vet medicine, you know, we always say when something's coming around the corner and you hear gallops, you think of horses, especially in Milton. You don't think of zebras. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times when you're on the Internet, you're getting the horses and the zebras as far as what could be going on. Mm. And so I I think that that's one of the not only issue, but one of those things where people are getting educated. But I think working with the professional and having that open line of communication is important. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, And sometimes it's just the immediacy of the information that people are drawn to and, and, you have a tendency to believe the first thing you see, and that's not always the best thing. Correct. Correct. Marketing. Yes. That's, you know, and, and you don't even know who's providing that information to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Folks, we're here chatting with Dr. Everett Bannister, and he is the owner, hospital director, and veterinarian at Family Tree Animal Clinic in Milton. So, Dr. Bannister, let's talk a little bit about, um, let's talk about dogs specifically. So, um, what, what's, what's the, what's the favorite dog in Milton? Let's, let's, what do you see? Yeah. Um, I would probably say French bulldogs, Mm -hmm. labradoodles. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you'll have some, I, you know, I wouldn't consider them one-offs, but you'll have Vizlas, uh, German shepherds, but I think. Um, the French Bulldogs and the Labradoodles are pretty pretty pro- popular. Now, why why are they popular these days? Um, well, you know, I think the Labradoodle just is a great hybrid as far mm-hmm. as you don't have shedding. And so pet owners that may be um, allergic to pets, that helps because of their fur. Um, and they're an ideal size. You know, they're not too big. They're not too small. Um, and they interact with the family very well. But if you have smaller children, you know, you don't have to worry about um, them playing with them too hard. So I would probably say that that's why Labradoodles mm-hmm. um, are, are pretty popular. Mm-hmm. And French Bulldogs. They're just so cute. Yeah, they are. You know, they're just, yeah. they're just so cute and full of energy and um, they just want to be loved. And, you know, I think that that's, the main reason with them and they have a cute face and 
just snuggle on them. So I, I, I would say that is primarily the reason they, they, they always want to be the center of attention. They love being in a room and they love being, being uh, loved on. Yeah, for sure. What do you recommend for someone that's looking to get a dog? What do you recommend that they look for as they assess the, the health and well-being of that pet? Sure. Well, first, there is a um, AKC, I believe, has a section on their website where it talks specifically and it has an algorithm where you can just pick different aspects of your of your lifestyle mm-hmm. and then they can fit the pet to your lifestyle. So I do try to um, direct pet owners to that website because it's just a great, easy to use website. But also, if you are getting a pet, it is important to contact, just have a conversation with a vet hospital and say, hey, I'm looking to get this type of pet. And this is the type of environment that I live in. This is the type of lifestyle I'm active or I'm somewhat sedentary, just whatever your environment is made of. And then just have that open communication with the vet hospital to see what might be a great fit. I think um, a lot of times we see pets on TV who are highly trained pets on TV and they seem very relaxed and comfortable. And then when you get that pet, they're very excited and you're like, well, that's not the same pet that was on TV. Right. You know, and so I think that that is a, a, a misconception. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, yes, I think following up, deciding on what you would like but also have a list of questions and calling a vet hospital and finding out exactly what might be a great fit for you. And how often should I bring my uh, dog uh, and we'll get to cats in a second, cat lovers, but uh, how, how often should I bring my dog in to uh, just have a wellness check? Sure. The recommendation is twice a year, ideally, you know, vets, um, sorry, pets are, aging five to seven years to our, to our one. And a lot of times there are little nuances that you just may not be able to, to detect. Most pet owners can detect, you know, vomiting, obviously diarrhea, or sometimes if there's a growth, but there's just changes in skin color. You may not be able to look deep down into the ears like we can. You may not be able to look um, into the oral cavity or the mouth. Mm-hmm. And so there's just different things that we can pick up on because we're c- consistently seeing normal, um, normal aspects of pets. But the recommendation is twice a year. And at that point, they may not be receiving vaccines, but you can get their feces checked for intestinal parasites. You can have their lab work checked to make sure they're doing well internally as far as their kidney values, their liver values, red blood cells, white blood cells, so we can be proactive on any disease processes that may occur. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Now, let's talk about cats. Sure. And uh, what what you see there, and, and uh, same question as, as it relates to cats, how often should cat owners bring their cat in to be uh, checked out? I would say the same um, twice a year. You know, cats are very stoic. Believe it or not, research has shown more families have more cats than they have dogs, but generally more dogs come to the vet than cats do. And because cats tend to be much more stoic, you don't, you're, you're a little bit behind the eight ball on a disease process by the time it does occur. 
But the same rule would apply. I would say generally twice a year. And the, uh, do cats age the same way? You mentioned dogs are five to seven years for, for, for relative to human year. What, what, what is it for cats? Yeah, I would say it's pretty much the same, mm-hmm. um, with cats as well. And the, uh, what are the popular cats that you see? I mean, the, those breeds. Yeah, I don't see any real exotic kitty cats. Okay. You know, most of it is just domestic short hair, medium yeah. hair, or long hair. Yeah. Um, but you'll get the Himalayans, you know, in every once in a while, or you'll get the Sphinx cats, you know, the ones that don't have uh, hair on them. So mm. you know, which they're, they're sweet, actually. <laughs> they're really interesting to, to, to interact with uh-huh. but, um, and love on. But, um, yeah, I would say just the basic tabbies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so let's talk about what, um, what you've learned in this three year journey you've been on and, uh, what, what, um, where you are, I guess, relative to where you thought you'd be at this time. Yeah. Well, once again, Milton has just been a great com- community and has been very supportive. So I, I, I've, Everything that I've expected, I feel like I'm experiencing there. Mm-hmm. Um, the main goal for me would be to add another doctor or two just to um, provide just a more diverse service to um, pet owners as far as doctors that may focus on exotics or doctors that may focus, um, you know, um, pocket pets, things of that nature. And so from what I've learned, I've just learned... You know, and we we've we're coming or we're coming out of interesting times, mm. you know, and that is, you know, having those ebbs and flows. So I would say my vision when I first started four years ago, obviously, has changed somewhat just based on the environment. But we're definitely continuing to move in that direction and trajectory that I've expected. Mm-hmm. And so just being welcomed by the Milton community is being, was expected and is going great. Um, just a clientele that I'm experiencing the pets, um, the pets that I'm experiencing working with. I, I find that all of it is going down the, the, the path that I want it to. That's, that's great. So the, um, so it could be that, uh, I don't, I can't bring my albino parakeet now, but maybe in the future. (laughs) Yes, yes, definitely. That would be, that would be a goal of mine. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's terrific. I'll just stop by and say hi. I won't, you know, I'll stop in, (laughs) stop in the room, say say hi, John, but that'll be the most that you'll see of me at that time. Well, and and you won't actually see me with my albino parakeet (laughs) because I don't have one, but, uh, but, uh, um, uh, well, that's, that's a, a great goal to have and, We'll let you come back and tell us about that when 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 you've got that service. But talk about your uh, location. Let's get specific on that and your hours. Sure. Yeah. So I'm located about a mile north of Milton High School, the Crab Apple area. I'm on um, the the specific address is one three nine hundred Birmingham Highway, and I am located on the roundabout going north of Birmingham Highway from the Crab Apple area. Hmm. Real easy to find if you know the Milton area and uh, your hours. Yes. And so my hours, I'm open Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from eight to six. And on Tuesday and Thursday, I'm open from eight to one. And then I'm open every other Saturday. 
Gotcha. From nine to one. Okay. And folks that are um, new patients, um, what? how do they handle that and making appointments and all that kind of thing? And how, how do you take in new patients? Sure, sure. Well, we try to make it as easy as possible. So you can call and, and say, hey, I would like to be a new patient there. And we will gather all of your information. But we also have an online form as well where you can reach us via online at our, on our website. We also have social media as well that you can reach us on to schedule appointments and to let us know that you would like for us to give you a call back mm-hmm. um, to schedule an appointment for new, for new pet owners. But we always love having new clients, new pets uh, coming in. That's great. Dr. Everett Bannister, folks, and he is the uh, chief veterinarian, hospital director, and owner of Family Tree Animal Clinic in Milton. Uh, Dr. Bannister, this has been a lot of fun and and, uh, uh, refreshingly great. Uh, It's great to have you here. Let's talk a little bit. Let's um, give directions, I should say, for those that want to be in touch and learn more and maybe make that appointment. How can they do that? Sure, sure. Well, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 770-450-8880. We also, you can find us online at familytreeac.com. We're also on Facebook at Family Tree Animal Clinic. We're also on Instagram as well at Family Tree Animal Clinic. And we're also on Twitter as well. So we're trying to hit as many social media avenues as we can. I love it. Dr. Everett Bannister, folks, Family Tree Animal Clinic. Uh, This has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, John. I really appreciate you having me and I appreciate all that you do. Thank you. It's been a joy. Thank you. Hey, folks, just a quick idea for you. If you're looking for a different experience for your team building activity, one that does not involve broken ankles and skinned up knees. And you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Well, I've got an idea for you. It's ANS Culinary Concepts. Yes, they are an award-winning culinary studio and they have big green egg boot camps, which are great by the way. Um, But they also do corporate team building in that uh, beautiful studio they have in the Johns Creek area. You stand around a stainless steel table and season meat and cut up vegetables and cook together and then enjoy what you uh, have, have done together, and what a great way to uh, bring that team together. Give Executive Chef Andrew Traub a call, 678-336-9196, or go to asculinaryconcepts.com to learn more. And if you call him, if you call Andrew, tell him that we sent you. And folks, just a quick reminder that North Fulton Business Radio is on all the major podcast apps. You can find us by searching North Fulton Business Radio, and you'll find us. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, we we would be honored if you would do that. What we particularly would like you to do is, if you have heard something here from Dr. Bannister or any of our great guests that we have had on the show, please share the show. At Business Radio X, we're all about celebrating the great work of business leaders like Dr. Bannister and the other great um, uh, entrepreneurs and business leaders and executives that we've had on the show. So please share the show and let help us celebrate 
and bring uh, a highlight, spotlight to the great work that they do. So for my guest, Dr. Everett Bannister, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.